Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 17th of November. It's an anxious wait this morning for thousands of flood-weary residents in the central west of New South Wales as rivers creep higher. The main area of concern for authorities today is Forbes, with the Lachlan River set to peak at around 10.8 metres, the highest since the devastating floods of 1952. Much of the town is under evacuation orders. This local telling channel's Seven, there's not much more they can do. Nobody knows what's going to happen, how high it's going to go, what damage it's going to do. My backyard is full, my house is filling, and I've got nowhere to go. There are also concerns for the town of Condoblin, which is also on the Lachlan River, which is tipped to reach a record high of 7.6 metres this morning. Meantime, a massive clean-up continues in the nearby town of Ugara after it was decimated by what many locals are calling an inland tsunami that hit earlier this week. And the floods in Ugara have now turned deadly. Locals united in grief as the body of 60-year-old local Diane Smith, who's been missing since Monday, was found in floodwaters yesterday. Friend Karen telling Channel 9, Di worked at the local general store and knew almost everyone in town. It's horrible to lose any any one of these people in this community. I, so I don't think it's hit me out about die. 85-year-old Les Vucek still remains unaccounted for with the search set to resume today. Acting Prime Minister Richard Miles flew into the devastated Central West yesterday and now a range of specialised teams from New South Wales paramedics have been deployed to help out. Chief Superintendent Mark Gibbs has been getting reports back from teams on the ground, sparking this warning for local communities. Beware of debris, beware of asbestos in old buildings, beware of snakes. We are seeing an increase in snake movements across the area. With flooded water, be careful of sewerage or effluent or contamination of those waters from wherever that may be. As well as moving forward is the increase in mosquitoes and the public health issues that that may present. And King Charles has made an undisclosed donation to Victorian flood victims. In a letter, the monarch says he and his wife's heartfelt thoughts are with everyone affected. The money will go towards essential items like food, clothing, accommodation and fuel. To this morning's other news now, and the head of NATO says there are no signs the deadly missile strike that hit a village in Poland yesterday our time was intentional. The US, NATO and Polish authorities believe the missile attack was not fired by the Russians and was most likely from Ukrainian air defences and unfortunately fell on Polish territory. But Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is convinced the missile was not Ukrainian and is demanding access to the site. Speaking in Brussels following emergency meetings overnight, Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg also blasted Russia's role in the incident, which killed two people. Our preliminary analysis suggests that the incident was likely caused by a Ukrainian air defence missile fired to defend Ukrainian territory against Russian cruise missile attacks. But let me be clear, this is not Ukraine's fault. Russia bears ultimate responsibility as it continues its illegal war against Ukraine. The blast in Poland also dominating discussions on the final day of the G20 summit in Bali. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese was part of a joint declaration condemning Russia's aggression. Russia is increasingly isolated 
That is what the G20 showed. We've seen a, a reckless use of force that has consequences for the region. Our condolences go to Poland uh, with the loss of life that has occurred there. There'll be an investigation, of course, into those details and uh, then a further uh, response, an appropriate response. The Transport Workers' Union has called an urgent meeting with Deliveroo after its shock exit from Australia. The food delivery service went into administration yesterday, claiming it wasn't able to get ahead in the competitive market. Assistant National Secretary Nick McIntosh says thousands of workers have been left in the dark. The first that... um both the union and workers heard was an email that came out announcing what was going to happen and of course what a kick in the guts to workers this close to Christmas that this happens and and it happens in that way. Now to WA where a fight for better paying conditions has now moved from nurses to police. Our reporter Alicia McFarlane has the details from Perth. That's right, Tash. The police union here has held a second round of industrial relations talks as it continues to push for a better pay offer from the state government. Officers are even threatening to start warning drivers about speed cameras and issuing cautions instead of fines if their demands aren't met by the end of the week. But the Premier says that action isn't necessary, urging the union to continue to negotiate in good faith. Union President Mick Kelly says there's still a lot of work to do. I still think both parties are quite far apart on agreeing to what we consider to be probably a suitable offer that our members uh, may get to look at um, once it's approved by the board. And the fallout continues over the major data hack at Medibank after a heated annual general meeting yesterday with shareholders. While the private details of millions of Australian customers have been released on the dark web, the breach will also cost Medibank more than $35 million, wiping off around 20% of shareholders' investments. Shareholders voicing their concerns at yesterday's meeting. I am a shareholder and I'm rather disappointed that Medibank did not take security as serious as it should. That audio thanks to Channel 9. Heading overseas now and Donald Trump has confirmed he will run again for US President in 2024 after a major news conference in Florida yesterday. US expert Wes Widmeyer says it appears he's keen to get the jump on any potential Republican rivals, but that's not the only reason to talk re-election so early. He wants to stay out of jail. That's one understanding of it. Quicker he gets back into the race, the easier it is for him to say when the investigators from Georgia, from the FBI on, on the documents, from all the civil suits in New York, when people come back to them, that it's uh, a political witch hunt. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. The stock market has a new worry now with the ongoing war in Ukraine and, of course, those concerning developments over the missiles in Poland. That's right. Just when the US got another positive sign that inflation is falling, which is a big plus for stocks, share prices have been hit by concerns about what Russia's hopefully accidental bombing of Poland in targeting the Ukraine area close to the Polish border could actually mean for stock prices. Moscow denied responsibility for the strike, but European stock markets were down on worries. However, analysts say it could be a Ukraine defence missile. Yeah, very interesting to see how this plays out internationally. Peter, also Australia could become the first country to regulate cryptocurrencies. 
It sounds like a good idea, Tash. The collapse of cryptocurrency exchange FTX has Treasury strongly considering making Australia the first country to regulate this speculative investing product. The AFR says Treasury has signalled that it's open to consultations to safeguard cryptocurrency arrangements and regulate exchanges next year. Treasurer Jim Chalmers is concerned about the lack of transparency and consumer protection in the crypto market. Now, some workers are seeing pay rises at the fastest rate for a decade, but this on the negative side could be bad news for interest rate worriers. Yeah, wages have spiked 3.1% for the year and rose a big 1% in the last quarter. And economists think this will force the RBA to raise interest rates again by 0.25% next month. Now, wages are the biggest driver for business costs and rising inflation is the biggest driver for interest rates going higher. Today, we get the latest unemployment report and if the jobless rate falls, there could be more pressure on the RBA to keep hiking rates into next year. We'll certainly watch those figures with interest. Peter, thank you. Cheers. Time for Sport Now with Josh Conway. Josh, good morning. England will have to cut its party short to start a one-day series against Australia today. Yeah, unfortunately for them, Tash, and good morning to you. Just four days on from their T20 World Cup triumph, the Palms will have to switch gears quickly as their three-game one-day series against Australia kicks off in Adelaide this afternoon. Pat Cummins will take charge of his first game as captain of the Aussie one-day side, and he's also had to shake off a bout of gastro to be fit for the game. Yeah, I went through our house, my wife got it and I did, so yeah, didn't really leave bed, but all good now. Now, Tash, England captain Joss Butler has suggested they have celebrated pretty well despite the quick turnaround between assignments, but former South African quick Mornay Morkel has told listeners Willow Talk there's still a bit on the line for the tourists. It's a big tournament for a guy like Jason Roy. You know, he's been out of wide ball cricket. Alex Hales is coming back and is doing really well. For those guys that are sort of in, in and out of the team, it's a big tourist for him. And Josh, a former Socceroos manager, is back in town for a special tournament in Sydney. Ange Postacoglu is back down under Tash, manager of Scottish Giants Celtic. Ange will oversee the hoops as part in the Sydney Super Cup which kicks off at that renovated Allianz Stadium tonight against Sydney FC. EPL side Everton will also take part in the tournament, as well as A-League outfit, the Western Sydney Wanderers. And Ange says it's a pretty cool thing for soccer fans. Growing up here, I've always looked forward to overseas clubs coming to Australia. And you know, if I wasn't managing uh, one of them, I'd be there watching. Hopefully people come along and uh, be a good game, but cracking atmosphere. To the NRL, Jackson Hastings has completed his move to the Hunter. The former Tiger has joined Newcastle on a three-year deal that was signed off officially yesterday in a switch that has also seen David Clemmer move to the Tigers. And we're just days away from the World Cup final between our Kangaroos and Samoa. Interestingly, Tash, the team of the tournament has been announced. We might be unbeaten, but there was only room for four Aussies in the starting side. Samoa, meanwhile, led the way with five. Let's hope fortunes are different come early on Sunday morning. And just finally, not one you see every day in the AFL. Richmond AFLW star Jess Hosking has been forced to apologise after a crude message was written on her shoulder tape during last week's finals loss to North Melbourne. The AFL has handed the club a please explain. And that is what is making news in the sporting world this morning, Tash. Josh, thanks so much. And finally, after several months of hiccups, NASA's Artemis 1 is now making its way towards the moon. Three, two, one. Boosters in ignition. And liftoff of Artemis 1. We rise together. 
back to the moon and beyond. We rise together indeed. It was the Space Agency's third attempt after technical issues forced delays in both August and September. It's hoped the program will return astronauts to the moon by 2025. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode on a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow.